Good morning and welcome back to Rookies and Rockstars. It is a delightful Wednesday outside the studios. The sun has decided to spring on us, which is awesome. And today we have got so many awesome human beings to chat to you about. It is unbelievable. But firstly, I, Simba and I, unfortunately the Simba is not here with us today. Simba is shooting as the celebs do. Um, so we will miss you. Hello, Simba, wherever you are. But right now, we've kind of been following a trend with brands and building your brand and building your business. And so what we did is we came across a market-leading social media business. I was fortunate enough to meet Mike Stopforth um, when Jawbone were there at the offices and just what I love about what this business is doing for small and large businesses is that they are offering you solutions. They're offering you guides. They're offering you ways to think about how to use social media. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. We're going to ask them. But in studio, we have got two lovely people with us from Cerebra. We've got Liash and Tanya. Tanya. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thanks. Hi, thanks for having us. So obviously I was fortunate enough to see you live, like kind of explaining what you two have just worked on together as a project. So let's unpack it from the beginning. So let's just maybe if you can do a a slight intro on on what Cerebra is as as an agency and, and how that's offering solutions to large and small businesses. And then we can talk about what you two worked on together and how that can also feed solutions to smaller brands cool well cerebra is a social and digital agency uh, and uh, we basically help brands uh, navigate the social landscape and i mean businesses now need to be uh, social businesses and cerebra is uh, leading the field definitely in uh, getting businesses to transform into a social business yeah because i think um i mean everybody's doing it and or if they're not doing it they really want to be doing it but what I found quite attractive and what people are speaking about from like you guys as a team and what you're producing are actually managing those accounts for brands. But then also what I touched on earlier was the solutions you're offering from a resource point of view. And that's kind of where you two come in. So, um, we've, I just want to, I just want to unpack that in terms of where it's, how you even, I don't know how it works internally. So you can chat about how you guys even, how you guys came about being the two who were going to be in charge of it, and then the journey through how you got to the end product and what that's going to mean for people who can use it. So let's start at the beginning. So, Tanya, I know that it was originally you in the beginning, and then you kind of partnered with Liash. Is that right? Or you were together in the beginning? It was kind of the other way around, actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, my bad. No, no. Um, Liash originally ventured out with this whole idea of creating a guide for businesses to get them onto social or getting them to do it right on social. Okay. And for me, one of the ideas that I had starting out at Cerebra was to, what does it mean to actually design for social? Because I mean, um, being the graphic designer, you get thrown in the deep end there actually. And it's something that we're all learning how to do from scratch. So when Liash approached me to get some insight into this, we sort of got together on the whole idea and decided that he would write the language section and I would write the visual guide. And we combined the two and it came out in this beautiful ebook that we have. Yay. Okay, so so let's take it back a step. So if you're in your business stage and you're listening into what Tanya and Liash are saying, what what I'm talking about from like a resource and even when Tanya mentions ebook, can you just explain 
like just that step for, for anybody who might not even know what that means for them, like from a downloadable point of view? Cool. So, yeah, we, we create quite a few resources. We've done platform guides to Vine and Google Plus and Mixit and a few others. And we also do thought leadership. So these are some of the ideas that we have in the social space. And we do, do our research and we're basically pioneering a, a thought process here. Uh, in terms of social media and we create these books and we load them onto our website and yeah you can download them you can print them and they're free and they're free yay so they so 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 let's talk about jenny smith owns a franchise of businesses and she is wanting to now understand just a few things about where she even starts or what the social identity means how does she go about getting hold of it? And then we'll unpack kind of what it means for them in terms of content and what you've shown them and things like that. Well, <laughs> you would go to cerebra.co.za and click on our resources tab and you'll find everything from ebooks to guides to whatever you need, platform specific. So going from, from Facebook through to Vine is our latest one actually. And then we have very, well, I would say more specific features on like for example, the social identity okay. or the second screen or anything like that. And that do you sign in? Do you just need to give a few of your yeah, details? Yeah, you give your, you give your email address, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, then you go, you get registered on the site and then you can download all our ebooks for free. All I want to ask, I must look like a complete groupie because okay. I go on there and I like don't download more than like four resources at a time in case the person on the back end is <laughs> getting my name. J, 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 J. So it, we love that. that. Pro- oh, is that good? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so good. because I think that's often maybe a barrier, like in terms of, you know, you guys are the, are the leaders in this field in, in South Africa. Um, I feel, I mean, just, just from what you're putting out work wise, from what you two have worked on. So is that okay? Like, can, can a person go on to that Cerebra website and download as many as they like? Yes. Yeah, go. Wow. Yay. Okay. Cool. So, so let's talk the social identity. So you two were, paired together, you kind of worked on this thing together, what can a person expect from it and how do they take what you've created and then apply it into their own business, large or small? Well, yeah, I think to start off, uh, we need to realize that social media is a brand new form of media. And I think uh, people thought, or brands specifically thought, well, it's free to sign up to a Twitter account or Facebook account. Yeah. So they didn't apportion much of their marketing budget to social media. And then when things started to pick up, then they realized, hey, actually, you know, we need to start putting money into this. And because the change happened so fast, uh, they didn't have time to actually think about the little specifics of this brand new type of media, like the language specifics and the visual specifics that we cover. So we go into a bit of detail of like, well, like, why would you actually need this? And I mean, much in the same way as when TV first ar- arrived, uh, brands had to change uh, some of their marketing tactics because now they had to do video uh, adverts. Yes. And things had to change. They had to r- realize, well, what is the voice, what is the narrative voice that we're going to use on our TV adverts? And um, are we going to play music during our TV ads? And is there going to be a logo? Is it going to be animated? And the social identity is basically the guide all those considerations onto social media. So, like, what are the little things that you need to do on social media that are different as uh, as a different form of marketing? And okay, so what's an example? Because remember this. So yeah. always remember this, dearies. <laughs> you are the clever people who tell us unclever people what to do. <laughs> so 
before, let's just say you had a, which is probably revolting in your world, but it's delightful in mine. But let's just say you had 25 seconds to extract, because how long is the whole PDF, like the whole ebook vibe? The social identity, like how many pages, roughly? Or is it just, like okay, so let's say it's 20 pages. If you had to extract like two or, or like one part of it that would make somebody understand how this is going to help them, which part of the book would be your best? Probably the best practices. Yeah, we have a best practices section. Okay, so let's 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 talk about that. What is you've got two minutes to tell people why, like how that's applicable to them and why they should go on and download it. Okay, well, firstly, when we consider the book, at least um, we have split it into two sections. So these best practices, there's a best practices section for the language guide and for the visual guide. So I'll just suggest that one. Okay. Um. So. As Liash mentioned, a lot of people didn't consider the kind of things that that they had to take onto social media for their brand. So they've written a brand Bible and they know how to execute their brand on TV and in newspapers and magazines, etc. Yeah, very good point. And they haven't considered how to do the same on social. And it's been a case of retrofitting, last minute, put this on social. So what what we've written, or what for my section at least, what I'd written was about how to redesign for social media. You take social into consideration, you take in the constraints of the platforms, the various platforms that you're putting out your media, and yeah, you design accordingly and you look at how it fits social media and how to engage your audience in different ways. And we look at things like basic things even, like sizing and formats and the constraints that you have, looking at a screen and those sorts of things, and legibility and yeah, basically. Yeah, so these are the things we want you to think about in your business. So if you can get involved in the conversation you know you can call us on 0861-555-189. You can also get involved on the official Cliff Central group, which is on WeChat, obviously, and stream with us, chat with us. We've got these gurus in the house. Let's ask them questions. Let's let's chat to them. You can also talk to us on at Rookies Rockstars Twitter handle right now or on at cliffcentral.com. And, you know, I think what's important for you to remember is that when everybody says to you, oh, we can't believe you're not doing social media, we can't believe you're not doing social media, what Tanya and Lehash have done um, from a solution point of view is amazing because they've taken, and feeding back into your point, Lehash, what you've said there, which is so cool and helps me, the non-clever one, understand, is that it's exactly the same example as the example you gave of the TV. You know, when when, when that all happened, yeah. then or, or, or whatever the transitions have been for the brands to move from a certain uh, channel or platform to communicate to consumers onto social is is so true. And I just think people are, you know, especially for smaller brands, like where you've got 15 to 30 employees or even smaller, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, you've got to be on social. You've got to be on social. But like you're now saying, Tanya, what what does that actually mean for me as as the brand owner or the business owner? Because it's so hectic and we're so overwhelmed by seeing larger corporates, you know, having you guys to do it so extremely well that that's why I love the social identity story because it truly does, I would hate to say layman's terms, but it, it is just so like a how-to, you know. I think that if, if we can have more companies offering this to people, like don't be overwhelmed by not knowing what to do. So when you talk about like restrictions of size of the screens and stuff, you say that's all touched on in the social identity book. Yes, it is indeed. Um, we go into quite a lot of detail actually with regards to our best practices. We try and cover as much as we can without trying to be too specific. Okay. So it, it's, it's, it's sort of a guide that 
so that anyone can pick it up and use it. It's not specific to a specific brand or a huge company or large company, as you mentioned. I mean, a huge company or small company, <laughs> um, as you mentioned. And yeah, it's basically so that anyone can go and say, okay, what, a, what does it take to get on social media and to do it well? I think that's yeah. important. And so can I ask a question? Like in terms of Facebook, because this is, I've always wondered this and now I'm asking you now that I've got you here for free and I don't have to pay you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the hashtagging on Facebook. So we had someone just ask us, how does hashtagging on Facebook work? Is that directly, if you open a business account and you open a business page and a Twitter page, does the hashtag feed simultaneously on both? Oh. No, no, no. Okay, it can you explain uh, it for us? I mean, they're two separate platforms. Uh, the hashtags on Facebook work in the exact same way that the hashtags on Twitter work, where you can click on them and find a whole stream related to that hashtag that people have hashtagged. Uh, Personally, I think hashtagging on Facebook's a bit like it's it's not for that. It was a Twitter thing. It okay. works well on Twitter. It's quick. It's accessible. It's it's easy tagging. It's it's turned away from just tagging your content and it's not being used. I mean, it's always been used for uh, in conversation. So use a hashtag in com- conversation, which is kind of cool. But I think for Facebook. Um, steer away from it are you saying yeah i mean in terms of a brand we haven't really seen the value in it like we don't really do it for brands like we do it every now and then but it's not a focal point uh i think for from my side i wouldn't use it. okay so you're saying rather keep hashtags to purely twitter like to align to trending yeah twitter instagram oh instagram as uh, well vine. oh really okay yeah. so explain vine let's just let's just go into vine okay so vine is uh is Twitter's a video platform. Uh, Twitter bought them out before they even launched, which was quite cool. And it's a six-second video sharing platform, and you can do really cool stuff with it, like some stop motion, and it's it's all about sharing quick moments. Well, quick stories. Moments are quite quick, aren't they? <laughs> they are uh, it's, indeed. It's all about sh- sharing moments, because if you've watched a YouTube video and uh, – there's something really cool in the video. You tend to like rewind and watch it again, rewind and watch it again. And Vine is basically that because it loops. Um, I think we've all seen videos where people get like, we're like run into poles or something. <laughs> yeah. And we just want to watch it over and over. It's usually and a retard, yes. And over again. Yeah, yeah. That we all take great <laughs> joy in. It's quite sick. Yeah. And it is funny. Shane. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you can just, you're sharing moments and you can just watch it over and over again. And I think with the resurgence of, of GIFs recently, uh, Vine is a perfect, perfect platform for this. For the research of? GIFs. Okay, so explain that. Uh, GIFs are little, they're like pictures, but they move like Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, wow. See how <laughs> I mean... unclever I am. You guys are making me feel worse, but this is awesome. So this is exactly what we mean. So GIFs, explain. Yeah, uh, so I mean... They used to be around back in the day, and then they just kind of disappeared. It was seen as like this old school kind of thing. And then they started resurfacing in the past few years, and basically it's just a looping picture. But it, it it's in a picture format. So what, what, what platform do you see? Oh, so all on Vine? Send no, 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 GIFs. GIFs, GIFs are, are multi-platform. Yeah. Oh, GIFs, gosh. Okay, GIFs totally, are invented in like totally 90s, separate thing. 90s. You'll often find them on websites like BuzzFeed, you're 25 of the most hilarious whatever, and then oh. it's a and whole bunch of different moved, GIFs, yeah. and they just loop continuously. Oh, wow. And I think GIFs resurfaced quite recently mm. when it was 
well, when the whole meme craze came about, it's like that everybody's sharing memes and gifts are some of the best things. So how share. would that help a business? So how would a, what would they, could they maybe take like super cool clippings from like their business videos or like if they're an outdoor sporting event company and they could like stream like, uh, John Smith and his partner on Absa Cape Epic, like, would they take, like, them, like, struggling up that hill and, like, extract that clip and then put it on their site? Yeah, I mean, Vine, much in the same way as Instagram, it needs to be, well, it doesn't need to be, but it's cool when videos are organic. And hmm. it's, and it's, well, anything, off, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's off the cuff and it's, and it's sharing something that's, like, happening right, right there and then. Um, so it's not necessarily taking clips from a video. But rather creating. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. Type yeah. stuff. I mean, okay. only only recently did did Vine allow you to upload videos that you have previously made. Before it was you had to have done the video on Vine there and then. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that's how they differ from YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then how does Vine differ from Snapchat? Well, Vine is purely video based. It's just six second videos done, and your stuff doesn't disappear. It's not necessarily uh, a messaging platform. Uh, you could, um, I hate that I'm going to say this, but you could <laughs> say it's the video version of Instagram, even though Instagram has video. <laughs> you said it, and I was thinking it. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, cool. So, so, so I think, I think, you, but but now I guess I mean you guys are in it every day, like dealing with all these different platforms and knowing what to do. So can you see now like the opportunity that exists and why what you've created from a social identity point of view is just so awesome because they really are. I mean, you, you're probably going to walk out of here and say, did she just compare Snapchat and Vine? <laughs> like that's what you're dealing with because you know, we're not, this is, this is why it's so cool that you guys are able to and are willing to offer these kinds of solutions to, to businesses and brands for free. I mean, it's really amazing. All you have to do is put your name, your email on there, and a little quote, I'm sure, because Cerebra are hectic like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's what you're offering. And so we just want to say it's awesome and thank you because, really, as as a brand, whether you're small or whether you're a multi-million dollar brand, I think going back to your point, Tanya, of when you first introduced the social identity to me and I was at your offices watching you live – um, I mean, just how you started off saying, I, I think that people are not understanding that social media literally needs to be dealt with as a completely separate platform and it needs to be treated like you would have media buying agencies for broadcast. You know, this is why you guys are where you are, I guess, but it really needs to be treated as a completely separate way to communicate your brand, especially touching on things like organic and not being lame and like so con. You know, when it's, when you can see it's all fake and like just selling you stuff and like feeding you all this lard on the platforms. Yeah. I think like the key thing that are either kind of like, like the main message that we're trying to get across is that you need to be con consistent and recognizable across all your platforms. Like social media is not one platform. It's various different platforms that provide various different types of media. I mean, Instagram's pictures, Vine's videos, Facebook, uh, text, and it needs to be consistent throughout. So if you didn't put your logo on, on a picture that you put on Facebook, is it recognizable? Like, do people know that it's your brand? So it's about creating a standard, yeah. uh, of, of your content, uh, from your language to your visual. Like, what are the certain types of words that you use? Do you use certain punctuation? 
Uh, are there certain colors that you only use in your in, in your pictures? Uh, certain types of music uh, in your videos? Uh, so this all needs to be like uh, laid out and un- understood if you're going about this venture. Uh, just so your brand stands out without your logo having to be put on it. I mean, no one likes to be sold at. I mean, you're going onto social media to, to socialize. Uh, yeah, to to socialize virtually with your with your friends. So, if you had to put like a, a branded piece of, or a logoed piece of content rather um, on online, you wouldn't want your friends to be sharing that kind of stuff with you because then it feels like your friends are advertising at you. I remember you said that. Yes, and and like you don't you don't really want that. So. In order to get your brand to to stand out and to be shared, I mean, we suggest that uh, branded but unlogoed content. Unlogoed. Unlogoed. Because branding isn't down to your logo only. There are very subtle, unique, creative ways of doing carrying out your branding, and I think that needs to be explored a lot further on social media. It's it's not like taking a billboard and slapping it into a Facebook post. It doesn't always work. Actually, it doesn't ever work. So that's something we don't advise. And it's important to note about social is that you're having a conversation with people. You're not talking at them. You're talking to them. We're talking with them. You're encouraging them to engage with your content and to respond and to comment. And people are not going to do that if it looks like you're you're advertising at them. You are. You're, you're shouting stuff at them. You need to be a person. Yeah, no, and, and I think and, and I think that's that's what's really really important for you know for people to understand from a branding point of view and that's what i like that you've just said it's not just your logo that what your your brand personality incorporates so many different other elements so um we're we're, we're almost out of time and i just i usually it's, it's quite a different way of looking at it because i'm usually like so like what can you leave people with to like action but i'd rather say in this point now that i've understood so much more what are both of your top one like Hashtag, I'm joking, jokes, jokes. Um, what, what is your like, no, no? So from each of you, like in terms of social media, like instead of saying all the yeses, cause we can obviously get to the yeses, but I think what's really important now from you two, especially with, with how much you do know and, and the expertise that you carry as people and within the business of Cerebra, what are your two, what are you, Tanya, what's yours and what's yours, Liash? Like in terms of the one big no, no. Okay. For me, my one big no, no is above the line creative being retrofitted for social media instead of reconsidered completely. It needs to be social media is a consideration you should take from the first step. So why are we trying to repurpose instead of recreate? Okay. So what that means, if you have a smaller business and you're not a FMCG like Unilever or like Tiger Brands, what that means to you is if you're putting an advert in a magazine or in the newspaper don't just stick that same creative on Facebook because what like, what Liash has just said is we're not selling to people there. We're not screaming from a loud hailer going, sell, buy our stuff, buy our stuff. Take what you've done and, and try and get help. Like try and find a digital agency that can help you speak the social media language of what you're speaking in print. Okay. And then Liash? Don't be cuck. Like <laughs> uh, well, that and um, I think it's about being a human. Uh, I mean, social media is for people. So if you're meeting them at their place, like be a human and don't be robotic. We see brands all the time responding to people and steer valued customer. And it's like, no, use the person's name, like speak to a person. Uh, yeah, I think that's my, that's my main thing coming from like a copywriting point of view. Awesome. So, um, we, 
Thank you, guys. I mean, we know that your time is valuable and that you're busy changing brands' lives, being awesome on social. Thank you for investing the time that you did into the social identity. I know that um, I'm going to get it and make sure that we read it back to front because the smaller agencies also need help. Um, and thank you to Mike um, for allowing you to come out and for Claire. Hi, Claire. Say hi to Claire. Hi, hi Claire. Claire. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank you to the whole Cerebra team for accommodating us and for sending you guys out here. You guys are doing amazing stuff. And, um, yeah, we'll watch out for more. I'll watch out for more downloads. And if you want to download, you can get all those resources that we spoke about from the Cerebra guys on Cerebra.coza. Um, it'll help you from a social media point of view on what you should be doing within your business's social media parameters, what you shouldn't be. But thank you guys for coming. It was awesome having oh, you. And we'll be watching your space. So cool. cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Take a moment for yourself Get close with the lights down low You and I and no one else I get the feeling that I wanna explode Baby, you grab my attention Tension, burning fever Take me to another dimension tonight Welcome back to Rookies and Rockstars. We are, I mean, wow, that the whole social media world is just booming and to know what to do and when to do it and 
what kind of social media language you need to be speaking from a brand or business perspective is mind-blowing. So thanks so much again to the Cerebra guys. We are obviously as a country excited that one of like the world's most amazing ba- – well, I, I think music's very, very um, subjective, but I mean the fray are coming into South Africa this week – and so we thought we'd kind of touch base with a few different people who are doing cool stuff in the music world and the music industry. And obviously what we don't see are, are the back-end things that happen to bands and concerts and all these kinds of things. And our first guest, who unfortunately couldn't come into the studios but who we will call, is um, Justin Van Veek, who is the Managing Director of Big Concerts. And they are bringing the fray out. So... Justin, are you there? Hello, Justin. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks so much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. Cool. So you are live on cliffcentral.com on the Rookies and Rockstars show where we are encouraging and unpacking different ways to motivate people on an entrepreneurship level within the different sectors. And obviously... You have the privilege of bringing out the fray, which is amazing. I don't know how you cope. Are you excited? <laughs> Indeed, we are. Uh, the fray are a personal favorite for all of us, for many of us. So we're looking forward to this weekend. Yay. So I spoke to your dad briefly, who said that you are actually probably fetching them tomorrow. Is that right? What's well, tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday, yes. So our first show in Joburg is this Friday evening, and then we travel to Cape Town on Saturday evening. So, yes, we'll... We'll be picking up the boys tomorrow, and uh, maybe we'll take them out in Joburg, go and have some fun. Oh, awesome. Shotgun invite, eh? Shotgun in- No, <laughs> you must. How? Oh, you have to. Um, yeah. So, Justin, I guess I guess what's really cool from a South African point of view is to see how big concerts has grown in this country. And obviously, um, you know, for anybody who ever wants to get to that point of understanding how to grow your business into that. I just want to understand if you can share with us, if, if, if you don't mind, just where Big Concert started, and now it's obviously quite a, a beast, which is really cool, but what were the like, beginning stages for you and, and the family in terms of creating this brand? Okay, so, so the idea of Big Concert started in 1989. Wow. My old man, yeah, it's, it's 25 years for us this year. That we've been in the live entertainment market, so we've we, we've come a long way. Um, the, the idea started back then. It, it actually grew out of uh, my old man producing local acts and then putting them, uh, you know, putting them on in the townships and doing concerts. And he formed a sound company and staging company and lighting company to support that. And then through those connections in the studio, uh, he was approached by Paul Simon way back. He did an album called Graceland with. Uh, Estamela and Ladysmith Black Mombazo, and he wanted to be the first act to break that cultural embargo. Uh, I don't know if you recall, but way back in 1992, there was a cultural boycott, uh, you know, from the creative communities worldwide. They, you know, refused to come to South Africa. And, uh, you know, he had broken, uh, you know, boundaries recording with South African artists for the very first time, and he put that out. And it was quite controversial. Because, um, you know, there was this cultural boycott. And here he puts out this album working with, uh, you know, black South Africans. And it had this powerful message. So they lifted the cultural boycott in the 1992. This literally six days after they, you know, the, they lifted this worldwide boycott. 
Paul Simon came out and played you know, a couple of shows in South Africa. And it was not without, without that uh, controversy. And it's really grown since then. You know, back when we started, there was nothing. You know, nobody, you know, we'd come out of this period of isolation. There was no sound. We were fresh. We didn't know what to do. We, you know, there weren't security companies. There weren't production companies. There weren't toilet hire companies. It was really, you know, it was really an industry in its infancy. And ever since, we've just been growing it. You know, we've, we've, uh, we've come a very long way with, uh, with our, our people, our organization, you know, some people have been with us right from the outset. You know, we've grown with companies such as the Gearhouse, which now have some of the most phenomenal equipment on the continent. We're now able to provide pretty much anything and everything that artists want, that they want nowadays, you know, from the very best LED screens to line array sound systems to big stagecoach structures. So, you know, South Africa's on the map now, um, but it certainly hasn't been without its pain. No, I'm sure. So obviously what we've got, I've got different different music event people in the studio nodding. You can't see them, but when you were speaking about the history of the boycotting and things, you know, they're all kind of nodding and they're nodding at how we've kind of evolutionalized the business side of music to get to where we are. And I think you obviously know the journey. It's a little bit closer to your heart because you and you and your dad have obviously had to grow that together and get to this point. Um, but in terms of anybody kind of wanting to ever chase after bringing out acts or anything to do with like managing that kind of capacity, are there any, oh, it's quite a challenge to ask, I guess, like, but are there any nuggets that you can give them in terms of what not to do? Like, you, you know, I mean, you guys are so well established now, but there are other guys who, who kind of also want to do what you do. Is there anything you would offer them from a, a business side of it? Well, yes, really. I mean, what we what we do is is really not rocket science, and uh, you'll you'll see this theme recur between various businesses. You have to focus on what you are best in. You know, get a formula that works for you. Uh, get a business plan that's got that's got some substance and stick to it. You know, don't don't go and change. You know, as they say in the investing business, don't go and change your sales halfway through a storm. You know, focus on what you're doing and, and stick to it. You know, uh, what, what you find is there's no quick instant success. You know, people believe that it works that way and that you'll just find Facebook and the next day you'll be a billionaire. It doesn't work like that. Everything comes through hard work and discipline and, and going at what you think works and a plan that you believe in. And uh, if it's a good plan, it, it, it will work out for you eventually. You know, you see some festivals nowadays in the market. They've been around for 10 years, and now all of a sudden they're selling out months in advance and they're getting global recognition. But, you know, 10 years ago, some of those things were nowhere. I mean, we, uh, you know, we have the privilege of working on committees with people like Kevin Fermat from the Cape Epic, and we always have this funny story about how Kevin Fermat went to the chairman of the Argus and told him he was going to do this mountain bike race for seven days. And they said, what? Are you insane? And today, it's one of the, the biggest mountain bike stage races in the world that gets live global coverage in like 135 countries. And that's just a perfect example of how you focus and you build on something which you believe in, and you'll find success with that down the line. No, definitely. And, I'm, and I, I guess I'm glad that you've kind of married big concerts with Epsa Epic. We get to work on it with Kevin and John and his whole team, and it really is 
to to watch to watch how you guys have grown your brands and to see South African businesses and concepts successful is it's so encouraging and I guess that's just why you know we 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 just wanted to give you a shout and say thank you um to two big concerts for having I guess had the fuss bait to get through the beginning stages and then get to this point of bringing out those big acts so that South Africa can be on the map because our whole point of rookies and rock stars is just to encourage South African entrepreneurship so yeah I mean thanks for taking our call and for for doing what you're doing in in, in the music industry and um, I'll, I'll be waiting for my SMS to find out where you're partying in Joburg. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. No, and look, we, we actually need to thank the fans. You know, as a, as a company, we rely on people to buy our tickets and support our events. So really, it's a thank you to South Africans for supporting us over the last 25 years. You know, they have been coming to our stadium shows. They've been visiting our, uh, you know, coming to our theater shows from the smallest to the biggest. And we really have to thank our customers and fans. Awesome. No, just thank you again. I mean, good luck for the show and good luck for the concerts. We've got some del- some some cool band managers to chat to in studio now and other people doing cool stuff in the music industry. So good luck and thanks for doing what you're doing and send regards to your dad. And um, cool, we will, we will be that. wishing you all the best for the road show. Thanks so much. Thanks, Justin. Bye. Cheers. Cool. So that was Justin van Veek, the managing director of Big Concerts. We are now live in studio with three other guests, um, all focused on music this week. Obviously, with the fray coming out this week, we were excited about the music theme. So we've got Jean-Michel Wickel, who um, is a – Jean, you rather – there's so many different things. <laughs> well, I, uh, I manage a band called Short Straw. Yes. And I'm involved in a production company who does tours for – Smaller internationals, nothing the size of the fray, but some others, bands from the UK, Japan, and Australia that, that come into the country and do some tours. And then I am involved in create, uh, creating a few events, such as uh, an event that Shortstraw started a while ago called Boosh. Okay. And, uh, yeah, just hustling in the music industry, I guess. <laughs> awesome. So so we'll come back to the hustle. Um, we've also got Levi Chetty, who is a, f- a friend of Simba's, who is very very experienced within artists and event management on the music side. Yes. Welcome, Levi. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me. So also just a, a quick overview of kind of your involvement within music. Okay. Um, my, my, my first job is I'm an artist manager. Okay. Um, and I manage uh, Cageism of Murafia fame. And I am involved in management with DJ Guru and Mr. Beef. Um, and then my passion is events management. Love events management. Been doing it for 13 years. And um, we at the moment I run a, um, a, a an event with a friend DJ Papercut called Reverse Sessions, which is very successful. Um, yeah, and I do a bit of public relations, but in the music industry of SA. Awesome. And then lastly, um, someone that we've kind of been chatting to and understanding what they're launching, which is very very exciting for the musos and those who enjoy a music festival vibe. We've got one of the festival ambassadors here. Justin, welcome. Hey, how's it going? How are you? No, I'm cool. I'm cool. So, so I guess your kind of involvement in music is also is twofold here. So, number one, I think it's your brother who yes. is um, one of the co-owners and founders of the music festival Absolutely, Mo Rock. Yeah, Mo Rock. Eh? Yeah, we. It's a it's a festival that we're throwing. It's um, it's on the 16th of uh, November, and uh, 
It's a crazy, uh, it's a crazy thing. I mean, last year we started it uh, with our first big headline, and then this year it's getting better. You know, we've actually we've picked it up some more. So, it's a cool little fest uh, near the cradle of humankind. Okay. And it's called Mo Rock, and uh, also we associated with Movember, so that's where the whole Mo Rock comes from. Justin, isn't it on the 15th? Is it on the 15th? It's on the 15th. Thanks. Thanks, JM. <laughs> it's on the 15th of November. It's okay. <laughs> you, you can't be pretty and clever. Hey. <laughs> listen to that voice. Yeah. It's yeah. a voice model. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess your involvement with music has come twofold. You, you were once involved in, in Idols as well, and you made it to kind of a top number. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was just in Idols, I think it was 2011. And uh, I think it was top 33 I got up to. And then I obviously uh, messed it up quite a bit. Uh, so that was my my bad, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm still involved in music. I just launched my new album, and uh, it's available in Musica and uh, Top CD and Oh wow! Yeah, so what's uh, the album called? It's called Forget and Let Loose. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we'll also be pe- performing at Morocco, and then also got my album launch happening at Parker's uh, in Monte Cassino on the 26th of uh, October. Oh, so that's a Sunday now. Okay, but so yeah, let's... but we're here for Morocco today. Yes, okay. we are. So, so I guess why I kind of had, had thought about the different kind of elements here is because there are so many different people targeting a career in music and targeting growing their business in music. So if you are in the music space and you want to kind of connect with Jean-Michel or Levi or Justin, you can get involved with us on WeChat on the official Cliff Central group. You can also uh, chat with us on our Twitter handle, which is at cliffcentral.com, as well as at rookies rockstars. Just remember, the rockstars doesn't have a C because Twitter wouldn't let me have it that long. Right. So it's at rookies so rockstars. Rockstar. <laughs> yeah. Right. But listen live on, on cliffcentral.com and also get involved with us on the WeChat. But just so, so Jean-Michel, I guess what's important about your role for anybody who's wanting to take because I'm sure you know whether you're a good musician or not, right? So for anybody wanting to find somebody like you who can help manage their portfolio or manage what they're doing, what would what a kind of – because I have zero idea. I mean, I'm not involved in music. The only, the, as far as I go is, is booking musicians for events or brands. So what are, what is your kind of – guideline step process for anybody wanting to get involved and find a either a band manager or start to propel their career well i mean when i was approached by short straw about two and a half years ago they had already established their own little brand they had their fan base that was relatively small then but has since grown and i think the the key thing is 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 as a band focusing on your your musicianship and and building that kind of a good caliber of songs an array of songs set that you can kind of build on something that works and is is a marketable but also enjoyable and and good and something that you feel you want to bring across as a musician Mm -hmm. but at the same time having the kind of the business savvy to to build a brand to kind of get all your ducks in a row with your social media like the cerebral guys were saying earlier have your twitter handle your instagram handle your facebook and then start growing that your soundcloud obviously if you're being a musician involves having soundcloud and then kind of networking and knowing what people are doing because for example if i'm not the right guy f- to help your brand i mean don't get despondent then immediately and and i mean there's a there's a bunch of other people that that can do what i do and but uh, and at the same time that network builds so if, if if i can't help you this exact instant a year from now two years from now i'll come back and and potentially be able to help you or um 
be involved in, in what your brand is doing, what your business is doing. So the, the building your own personal brand and then letting it grow and networking beyond that is, I think, is a, is a very good starting point for any up-and-coming band. So, so how do you – so if we backtrack, so I, I totally – I think that's very cool advice. How do you then – somebody has been told or they got – quite far in an audition that wasn't quite as you know published as idols or whatever it is and they know that they can do it i mean we all know it's a completely flooded hectic cutthroat market but where would they even search to find someone like you or another person within the pool of managers what do you do well i think we all go to events you'll see the similar kind of people at, at events you getting access to them isn't necessarily hard i mean you you find people like myself or justin or um yourself levi like in at shows um starting their own brands and and working the show and and working the production so we are there Mm -hmm. and coming up to us is is not a difficult thing i mean we're we're happy to kind of go for a beer chat and cool so levi do you i mean do you agree with that i know you're in a similar role although you do do a little bit more of the event management side i guess you and john michelle have got a similar take in terms of managing artists are you in agreement like is it just about scoping out where you guys are and getting there and starting to mingle? Definitely. Um, I have found most of my clients at gigs, at events. Um, they know for sure that, hey, you know what, there's Levi and you may be an artist manager and they come and speak to us. That's where I found most of my of my clients. Um, and then word of mouth, obviously. Yes. So and just I kind think, of getting referrals. Yes. And I think to touch on what he's saying, um, we, on, on what Jean-Michel was saying, with with artist management, it's it's definitely you have to connect and click and be in sync with your artists. So there's a lot of people that will come to us and say, "Yo, can can you manage me?" And my first reaction is, and I'm sure it is with you as well. My first reaction is, let's be friends first for like two, three, four weeks, and see if we actually click and gel as friends before I make any decision or even consider trying to manage you because personalities clash and. And I understand something. Being an artist manager is like being a mom or a dad. You're taking on someone else's career or mm. a band's career. And if I don't love you, if I don't take care of you, if I can't feed you like you're my mom and dad would, there's no point. There's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess it feeds back into your point, Jean Michel, about it's also okay if you don't gel with somebody. So you might be, because what genre is short straw? Uh, they're an indie rock band. Okay, so indie rock. So then you get the guys from Crash Car Burn who are a little bit more hardcore, hey? Not, yeah, not, they're, they're, they're commercial rock. I mean, like a, a more commercial form of rock. Yeah, car, so yeah. you might for not, you might not have, if Garth or Bugsy had come to you, you might not have gelled as well with them and said, cool guys, but here's Yanni Root. Yeah. Like, go to Yanni, Yanni will sort you out. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I think it's important that if you are, a musician or you're wanting to take your business to the next level in terms of generating revenue from that, take what Levi and what Jean-Michel have said and and don't become despondent. If someone connects you to a band or music manager, don't become despondent if after two or three weeks you find you don't gel, but then they refer you to someone else who will. Is that? Yes, that's definitely what, what, what we're saying. Mm. Um, and, you know, um, initially I found that people take offense like, oh, am I not good enough? And they come back a few months later. I've got someone who's come back to me after speaking to me last year and said, thank you, because I see that the genre that you're in or that you're attracted to or people in your genre is your genre. Like, I can't do gospel, you know. <laughs> yeah. I do hip-hop. And so uh, they you they actually understand. And it's best for you 
to to it's it's best for you to find that person or that artist manager that knows your industry and your market um best you know no definitely so so i guess in in terms of are, are there are there places where the music events are I mean, I know it sounds lame beyond Facebook, but is it mainly Facebook that you, ne- like as a aspiring artist, are they like tracking events on Facebook, on certain sites in Joburg, like for example with Morox. So now we know Morox happening on the 15th no, of November. Like you, you see, this is actually just a marketing little tool that I did there because now we're clarifying over there. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. So, I mean, with Morox, okay, we have like a few, um, we have a few battles for, I mean, our lineup is full. But I mean, we've kept like specifically two slots open for young up and comings. I mean, um, JM show throws Bush, right? And that's actually where I met him a few years ago. And, uh, he gave me the opportunity to play there. And then they moved from Mama Shabin to, um, where did you guys go? We to, went to Zulek after. To Zulek. Zulek Golf Club, yeah. And then they handed it over to me and they gave me the opportunity to run shows at Mama Shabin in Greenside. So, oh. and that's, we, we get young artists coming in. So they basically just call us up. If they can't play at Bush. JM will phone me and he'll be like, listen, uh, I've got this cool artist. Just check them out. Give them a chance. Definitely. And then that's how we start going. It's like a, it's like a, what? It's a conversation like? between everybody who's involved yeah. in yeah. Yeah. events. So, so we're for Morock, um, the yes. music festival that's happening on the 15th of November. Yes. Your brother outside's wanting to have a, a little frothy. <laughs> Don't worry. We got it right. So, so 15th of November, where can they get hold of? Where can they find it? How do they, is there a site? Yeah, you can check it out on, uh, you can check it out on Facebook. Okay. It's Mo Rock. M for mom, hey? So yeah, Mo M- Rock. M O Rock. You mm-hmm. can check that out. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. Okay. Also on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a band and you would like to play, um, you, there's one, I think there's one slot left for the battle. And, uh, you just drop a mail to tripleyshows at gmail.com. Okay, so awesome. Why, why, why? So luckily you've also got two band managers with you right now who could probably also hook you up. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Jean, Jean Michel, in terms of, um, we, we've understood kind of, it's just really a networking, you know, they have to network, they have to be at events, they have to start communicating with you guys. And it's applicable for us as well. I mean, us as managers are doing the same thing. We're networking with promoters, with eventing companies to get the artists that we manage shows. And it's, it's a thing. I mean, people, um, are looking, you can't expect us to get a manager and then all of a sudden hit the big time. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah. No. It's taken me, I mean, I've been in the music industry for about eight years since leaving high school and went straight into varsity and working in music and bands. And the band that I took on was Shorts Run that was three years ago. And since then, it's been, we've started with small shows for 100 people to 30,000 shows at Joburg Day last weekend. Awesome. That's such cool growth. Yay for Greensiders. <laughs> <laughs> so just quickly, where can people get hold of you, um, um, Michelle? I'm on Twitter, uh, at half, n half music. Yeah, so or, literally, I remember finding that. It's H-A-L-F-N, like ne- N for nearly half. So half and half. Yes. Cool. Um, music. And other than that, um, my details are on the Short Straw website. So if you want to get in touch regarding Short Straw, today. Okay, awesome. And yourself, Levi? Um, very easy. Go to Twitter. It's Levi Chetty and the number one. And then my profile has all my contact details. Oh, wonderful. So it's at Levi Chetty one at half and half music. And then to find the Mo Rock Festival that is happening in November, it's at Mo Rock on all the different platforms you can get. Thanks for your time, guys. It's cool to see what's happening in South African music. We, again, we wish big concerts all the best with the fray. And, um, good luck to each of you in your own, I mean, shout out, feed us with information. If we've got musos who we can, you know, 
encourage and get out there. We, we'd love to see entrepreneurs grow. You know what? I think I'd like to come back to promote the album launch. Oh, Can we do I think it? I want to come back to promote my artists. <laughs> Let's do I'm it. Coming, hey? We're coming back. Good We're idea. all about entrepreneurs. So as long as it's feeding into that, Definitely. cool, guys. So thank you. And we will be back next Wednesday on Rookies and Rockstars. Bye. Cliffcentral.com. Oh.